there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken. Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside! And the foul! Lance Stevenson! And a chance for a three-point play! just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back. This is a special episode of Born Ready to Pod. The actual, we're not even going to call this episode 5. It's episode 4.5. It's an emergency podcast episode. I am Chris Cook. Sitting next to me, Eric Hawk, Jake Light. Guys, what's going on this uh, Friday evening for you guys? You ready to talk some Pacers basketball? Let's get into it. There was a summer league action this, uh, earlier today. I was at work, but I was catching up on my phone. Uh, exciting stuff. They lost by three, but we'll get into that here soon, I think. Yeah, not only did we have a summer league game that we're going to be breaking down today, we also had another major signing to our second unit as uh, Pritchard, it looks like he brought in Kyle O'Quinn on a one-year deal worth $4.5 million. So we're going to be breaking down those two things um, about as much as you possibly can on a Friday night. So I'm looking forward to it. We've finally got our podcast equipment all set up officially. Uh, it's looking great in here, so we're eager to get started today. So yeah, you had just mentioned, we'll get into Summer League here in a little bit, about Kyle O'Quinn, that signing kind of came out of nowhere here today. Uh, it was announced that he was coming from the New York Knicks. You, I believe he, you had mentioned he declined a player option somewhere in the $4 million range. And uh, he ended up signing for the Pacers for this season for $4.5 million, somewhere around there. So it's a, it's a one-year deal. So once again, uh, very good for the Pacers flexibility-wise. It doesn't uh, strap them down anywhere past uh, this season. Uh, he's going to be pretty much, this says goodbye to Al Jefferson and Trevor Booker. So he'll be the third, uh, third string center. And then he also could play, uh, I don't know if they'll move Sabonis to the four on the bench or what's going to happen. We'll figure out the rotations later. So what do you think that, uh, specifically, uh, O'Quinn will bring off the bench, uh, when he gets playing time this season? He's going to bring hard nose rebounding. Um, he shoots around 52% from, uh, the two point range, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's better than Thad Young, I'd assume. Yeah. Uh, he's 28, so, I mean, he's kind of entering his prime. Uh, hopefully he takes another leap maybe in the second unit. If he get, You said earlier if he gets 20 minutes a game, he's going to get a double-double. So that's exciting. He's just another body, really, that's a solid player. He's an upgrade of what we had. Um, so I think all around that's going to help us, our depth-wise, 
our competitiveness, rebounding, something that we've needed in the past. I think he can play in almost any lineup. He's just kind of that big man that we've been looking for off the bench. Yeah, and I'm going to say as well, I had mentioned this, I think, last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, about how at some point during uh, the season, Turner or Sabonis will be hurt. That's a foregone conclusion. Both of those guys won't stay healthy the whole year, so this is really a move as well that if one of those guys goes out, you have a guy who's fully capable of coming in and giving you minutes off the bench. So that's why I also really like this signing. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I watched Kylo Quinn quite a few times last year when he was playing with the Knicks. Um, I I really like him. I think he's a great addition to our second unit. Um, I think there's, I, I did see several people questioning whether or not he's going to be a 4 or 5, and I don't really think it matters because I think Sabonis can slide to the 4 as well. Um, and mostly because I think a lot of people don't understand Sabonis can shoot outside. Like, it's not something you want him doing a lot by any means, but if you watched him when he was in, you know, Oklahoma City, he was pretty much like a three-point guy. He was relegated to the three-point line, a lot of spacing. Russell Westbrook would drive it in, and he'd get some open threes. Um, and so I think the Pacers are going to kind of look to use Kylo Quinn maybe in the five a little more than what people are talking about. Um, because he's just a banger. He plays physical. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me right now, but uh, he he didn't play a ton of minutes, around 20, I would assume, and he's always around that six, seven, eight rebound mark, um, and that's huge. He's just got a nose for the ball. I think he's perfect for our second unit, and like uh, Chris said earlier, no doubt about it, Miles Turner and Sabonis, they will be hurt at some point, and... Um, Kylo Quinn's proven that when given enough time, he, he's a double-double machine, really. Um, and I've played him on FanDuel, so I'm watching him play, you know, cheering him on. He's an easy guy to cheer for. And I'm glad, uh, you know, the Pacers made this signing today. It's a solid beard, too. I mean, I'm really yeah. intimidated by the beard just looking at him. I think, I think uh, and I know we're going to get to this here in a second, but I think that signing says a lot more about um, the state of TJ Leaf on this roster. Yeah. I think more so than anything else because before today we were all kind of on pins and needles. Okay, so we must believe that TJ Leaf has a chance to get some run in the second unit. And I think this signing pretty much puts that to bed. And I know we're going to be breaking down his play a little bit more during the summer league Jeez. breakdown. But, uh, yeah, wasn't great today for TJ Leaf in terms of you know his position on the roster or the summer league game. Yeah, another thing I'll say about O'Quinn as well, um, we mentioned with coming in for injuries, there was tons of opportunities last season where you had uh, Cantor and then Porzingis had that injury. So he easily stepped in. He can fill that role. Um, so uh, and for $4 million for one year, it's definitely a good deal. And I actually wouldn't mind to see after the season if he performs well to see him here long term because he's the type of guy that you want on your team. He's tough. He's physical. Um, he's just a banger down there, and I mean, you don't see a lot, lot of those type of players anymore in the NBA. Uh, you see a lot of these stretch fours. I mean, you really don't see much from the center position. Yeah, you have uh, Boogie Cousins and players like that, but he's he's really a tough tough center. Um, so I really like the signing. So yeah, it was, all, it was. I mean, it is what it is. We needed another big in our second unit. Um, I think this, um, obviously, he's only making 4.5 mil. Uh, he did turn down a one-year $4.25 million player option uh, to stay with the Knicks. So he you know, he took more money, about $250,000 more, and now he's going to be playing on a playoff team. I think Kyle O'Quinn's very happy with his decision, 
and uh, I'm happy to have him. I'm interested to see. He's he's going to be one of those guys that the Pacer fans fall in love with for a couple of reasons because he is an energy guy. He's not Lance where it's showy, but he's just a high energy guy. So I think that's going to help. Um, it's going to help O'Quinn become a fan favorite. I think pretty quick. Does that eliminate Trevor Booker from possible resigning? Do you? Yes, I believe so. I, if I'm I Booker, see yeah. any reason he needs to go somewhere because I mean, even if he did resign, there's I mean, there's only so many minutes to go around and. He's the guy that needs to be in the rotation somehow, so I just feel like this kind of just, I don't think it would be a situation he would want to come back to, even though he did enjoy his time here. I got some uh, breaking non- You're going to say Kyle Anderson. Pacers news. That's yeah. the one thing I was about to say. So, Kyle Anderson, four years, $37 million with the Grizzlies. We just had uh, Le- Levine, Levine, how do you say it? Zach Levine. I always, I always hate saying his last name. I think it's Levine. What he signed, $20 million a year with... Uh, he, Offer sheet with the uh, Sacramento Kings. So, where have these came from today? I mean, you're seeing all these. I mean, Kyle Anderson's he, he's a good player, but I mean, don't I, you think they're overpaid? I think the gold rush started when the yeah. big guys hit early. I mean, they're still, and I think these are the second tier guys that are entering what their second contract. So their potential's still there, and they saw what Oladipo did last year. So they know that these guys aren't who they are yet. So they yeah. still have this potential. We may look at $37 million for slow-mo in a couple of years and be like, that's perfect, that's what he deserved. We may look at that and be like, that's worse than the Tim- Timothy Mozgov contract. Who knows? <laughs> Nothing's worse than the Mozgov I think I actually don't mind the Kyle Anderson contract. Um, he didn't really have an opportunity to, um, how should I say, spread his wings and fly in that Spurs <laughs> offense. Um, he was kind of held back. He's not a great shooter. He's He's a better, you know... Defender, he's a better basketball player, I guess. You know, in the in the in the sense that he knows how to play the game rather than this modern run up and down the court. I don't think that deal is nearly as bad as the Zach Levine. If you want to call him Levine, I believe it's you know we're calling him Levine here. So um, I think that contract, twenty million dollars for a guy that's he's very one dimensional. He's very athletic. Um, He's not a great shooter from the outside. Um, and now the Bulls have a pretty difficult decision to make because he was one of the key pieces that came over on the Jimmy Butler deal uh, last offseason. Would you match that if you were the Bulls? Uh, without looking at their cap situation, I would probably say no. Um, that's one of those con- that's the poo-poo platter contract. I don't think he's a $20 million player. Um, and if you take on that contract with you know four years into it, you could be looking pretty rough, honestly. Yeah, if the Bulls are in a complete rebuild. They're building around Lori Markinen. I don't know. It wouldn't be the worst thing they did. I don't. I haven't looked at their cap space either, but that's just going to put you in a hole in a, in a way with Markinen's contract down the line, and then you got this guy. You also that, have Chris Dunn as well. Chris Dunn. Yeah, I, mean, I like Chris Dunn. I don't think they have. They don't have a playoff roster by any means. No. So I don't. This move. I don't know. It's hard to say. Sit there and judge, but I don't think. Paying Zach Levine if you're the Bulls, yeah. twenty million is a good idea. It looks like uh, so they just did a cap breakdown on ESPN. It says Chicago would see their room this season shrink to thirteen million if they take on that contract, and in 2019-2020 it would be reduced to forty five million. So they really got plenty of room, correct? But um, if they do decide to to not bring him back, they'll have sixty three million dollars next off season, and that's big. And what? I saw a report today we were going to have around 55 next year. It's uh, projected yeah, to be... Yeah, be up to that now. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a hunk of change that I'm very happy and with. And that's one so thing I... If they I, can get over 60... That is one thing I preach to you Pacers fans out there is 
a lot of you aren't impressed with the moves that we've made. Um, a lot of you think that this isn't, yeah, these moves that we've made this year, we're not going to win a championship. I mean, look, I'm not saying we can't win the East, but we're not going to beat Golden State. We're not going to beat Houston Rockets. I don't think, think that's possible. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, the Pacers aren't making moves necessarily for this season. Yeah, they want to win now. Yeah, they would love to win the Eastern Conference. But why tie yourself down to one of these restricted players like Aaron Gordon or, or, <clears throat> excuse me, or Julius Randle? I like Marcus Smart, but he's going to probably command for a bit more. I don't know why you want to tie yourself down to these players when potentially next offseason uh, in 2019 you have a ton of different players to pick from. And you have the cap space to where you can overpay for that. Maybe that not complete star, not LeBron James, but a very good player to come play with Oladipo. Yeah, I I see what you're saying there. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I know a lot. Pritchard's taking a lot of crap from Pacer fans, but I completely understand what he's trying to do. Um, I think one thing we need to start thinking about as Pacer fans, um, if we're serious about this. I just don't see – I mean, who is the one player on our roster that you guys would be, you know, fine trading and trying to, like, upgrade that with your remaining free agents left? Have you guys thought about that? I was thinking about that today. Like, who would I be okay with? Okay, so let's trade this guy. We might even – it might be a salary dump and then go get another guy. Do you guys have anybody like that on the roster? I think Darren Collison. That's think, my guy. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Corey Joseph could slide in the starting lineup, and you wouldn't lose that much. You could, see, you could probably maybe, do either of those. See, two. this is what I was thinking because of – I mean, this was before all of the news with these restricted free agents. So um, with our remaining cap space, if we find a way to move Collison's contract, now let's start Tyreek Evans at the one. You go Evans, Oladipo, Bogey, Thad, Miles Turner. Okay, now with that remaining $10 million – plus the rest of the cap space, let's put an offer out from Marcus Smart. All of a sudden now, your second unit's going to look a lot like, uh, it's going to look like Kojo, um, Smart, uh, McDermott, Kyle O'Quinn, Demonis Bonus. You could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse, and that would be an easy upgrade because I don't think Collison, I've already said this, I don't think Collison is as good as Tyreek Evans. So you clear him, and then you get a better fit for our second unit, and quite frankly, Smart will be playing down the stretch in games because he can defend. And that's another Lance-like uh, energy guy, um, and he's already better than Lance. And then you did see that he, apparently there's a report that Marcus Smart is like upset that the Celtics haven't even really offered him anything yeah. yet. That just came out. If I'm if I'm the Pacers, I I'm for sure taking a look at what I can do to bring in Marcus Smart. Who are the big free agents next year? You got Clay Thompson, you got Kawhi, Irving, Jimmy Irving, Butler, Jimmy Butler, um, Kristaps. Is he restricted He'd next year? Restricted. He'd be restricted. Booker, yeah, he just signed Miles his deal. So never mind. Next year. Yeah, Miles Turner. I think Thad Young is another one. Um, Bojan, those are some guys on the Pacers. And then you're going to also have guys who have player options that mm-hmm. do have a 1-1 one, one deal. So I'm not sure pretty, I'm not sure, sure of many of them off the top of my head. But I think I've Jimmy Butler would be a perfect fit. If you compare the list next year to this year, you have, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. The thing I, I love about I mean, Jimmy Butler. I even a guy Butler, like Tobias Harris. Like, he's also going to be a free agent. I think he would be perfect for this yeah. team. Yeah, true. The thing I love about Jimmy Butler is, one, we got a guy that looks just like him. So he's going to yeah. just look in the mirror and see Alizé. <laughs> right. And two, he drives trucks and listens to Taylor Swift. So, I mean, he's the complete and total package. you got to get that guy want? in Indiana. What more could you want? You couldn't want much more. Um, one thing I will say. So back kind of to the Pacers offseason talk here, I posted this question on Twitter today. 
uh, Pacers fans, what grade do you give the off season so far? Reply why for your grade. Um, so the only you can only do four choices on Twitter. So people kept complaining because they wanted to do a like a plus or a minus. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, Twitter's not that tech tech savvy, savvy right. yet. Thirty nine percent of you said A. 46% said a B, 11% said a C, and 4% said a D or an F. And we have, so far, 245 votes, and we have 14 hours remaining. So uh, some of the reasons, and I'll read them, a couple of them here. At Bram Moker says, Have greatly improved the worst part of our roster, the bench, without giving up flexibility in the future and without turning over a locker room where players love to be in. So I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head with that yeah, assessment right absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. James A. Randall, 77, says, I like our signings. Dougie and Tyreek add new elements. I hate letting Lance go, though. That's the common thread. Yeah. I but think um, <laughs> I've been... Hindsight, people are saying Tyreek's a better Lance, and that's... I kind of agree with it. Lance brought that energy. I think he kind of... I think the front office will realize how much they miss Lance and his energy. And, like, he was a big part of the selling point of the Pacers. And, like, just to, people wanting to go see them is to see Lance. He was, like, a big time of the, the show. Well, he's Pacers. beloved here. Like, yeah, he's exactly. Literally... We're going to lose that, but I think the product on the court, after all these other signings, too. We're going to miss we'll Lance, but, like, yeah, like you said, the product on the court, I feel like, will be better. I got a quick question. Lance Stevenson has really been nothing unless he's in Indiana, correct? So I think the fair assessment for us is we obviously know Lance more than any other franchise, right? Yep. So if we weren't willing to give him one year, whatever it was, $4.3 million, I, maybe Pritchard knows something. Maybe he thinks it's it's coming to an end. I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's almost weird that – I mean that seemed like such a layup pickup. And when it didn't happen, it almost like kind of made me think, kind of like sideways, and like, okay, so maybe, maybe he has a feeling for this that maybe we don't have. Those Lakers games next season, those two that we have, there's going to be must-watch TV across the world. I'll say, and the universe. If other if other worlds are watching, that they're going to have to tune in as well. Those will be must-watch TV. I know. Uh, one more, I'm going to read from that question. We get a lot, a lot of stuff from Jeremy Miller on here. So I'm gonna give Jeremy, Jeremy a shout out here. He's an angry guy, by the way. He says he gives the Pacers a C. McDermott makes us no better, and not re-signing Lance was absolutely stupid. Evans was good on a bad team. Jury is out on O'Quinn. Uh, I responded and said, if McBuckets blows in LeBron's ear this year, will you change your mind? And he says, unless McBuckets becomes the next Larry Bird, there is nothing he can do to change my mind. <laughs> He's been on 25 teams for a reason. <laughs> so Jeremy is the quick very, comeback. Jeremy is definitely our uh, our biggest or follower that misses Lance the most. So yeah. shout out to Jeremy. He's we he's, all miss Lance. We're just trying yeah. to be optimistic here. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeremy's, you know, he's stubborn. He's set in his ways. He's going to keep trolling people on Twitter. So all right. Now we we should give out grades. We can't use plus or minus. Jake, go first for the offseason. Wow, the can't use plus or minus. No plus. If our listeners can't, we can. That's the rule I'll stick by. Um, I think if I was breaking it down, I would probably give it a B. It's got to be a B. It's yeah. a B. Um, if I could use 
uh, plus or minus, it would be a B plus. Yeah, but, um, you can't. but I can't, so I'm going B. Um, I think, uh, just real quick, obviously, I think Tyreek Evans is a huge signing for us. I think he's going to make our team multifaceted. I think it'll be huge. I think I think Pacer fans will like him. Uh, I, I think the O'Quinn signing today that that pushes it up. You know, closer to an A than a C, uh, just simply because uh, he's he's going to bring that energy. We need big guys, and if you, I don't know how many times last year I was complaining about the rebounding, O'Quinn's not going to get bullied. He's going to be the bully, and so I think that's huge for us. Uh, McBuckets, um, that contract is what it is. I wish it was less years, but he's going to be able to shoot and he's going to be able to contribute right away. Um, I think you got to slide in Aaron Holiday as well. I think he, I mean, he's done a great job so far. Um, one game. I know, yeah. but but I mean, it was sure, it was impressive. Up. But like, it, I haven't seen, I haven't been that excited about a rookie performance in a while. It wasn't TJ Leaf? It wasn't TJ Leaf, which we'll get to later. But yeah, I think on on the whole scale of things, I think this offseason's been a B, um, and I think there is potential to push that to an A if we can get one of these restricted free agents to sign for a lower level contract. Chris, um, I go B as well, but for different reasons as I mentioned earlier like I reiterate pretty much what he just said but the main reason I give it a B is because I'm it's not like I I mean you only get an A if you get like you know LeBron yeah uh so it's not an A it's a B and mostly that's because like I mentioned earlier uh they absolutely have cap flexibility going on uh coming next season you're not tied down to these long contracts I mean, we've referenced this so many times, but look at 2016, the ridiculous amount of contracts that were given out, and a lot of these teams don't have cap space now because of it. The Pacers don't have to worry about that because now they're in a good, I mean, they're in a great situation. So if you had to compare where they're at compared to, let's say, give me a team that has terrible cap situation. There's several. Yeah. Exactly. Um I mean, they're just in a very good situation. It's always great to have your options open, not be tied down to give somebody $25 million a year and they play half the season. So that's why I give it a B, because I love the flexibility. But eventually, that does come to a point where you have to do something with it. Yeah. So I don't think they need to rush it, but I think that being patient is a good move here, because eventually, you have Oladipo, you have all these young pieces. Eventually, and I'm not saying a big stud will come here, but you could possibly convince you know like a second tier star to come here and play alongside uh victor and the guys so that's why i give the b i like what they've done so far mostly because of that flexibility the key word there yeah b for me as well the key oh here is gosh. he didn't lose anything you didn't lose anything big besides lance and i think that we more than made up for what we lost in lance uh that you like what you said these guys aren't tied in for long contracts besides maybe doug yeah and it's not like guys. he's getting paid a lot. Either. Who's Doug? I know him as Dougie McBuckets. Dougie McBee. Uh, <laughs> It'd be different if we gave McBuckets a $15 million a year, but $7 million for a shooter? Come on, people. That's half of Alan Crabb. Calm, calm down. Yeah. Anyway, That's literally half of Alan Crabb. Anyway, go, ahead. go ahead. Anyway, like I was saying, B, uh, 2019, $55 million in cap. We didn't lose any of our starters. We retained some guys. Dad Young opted in. So it's definitely a B, and I mean, potentially be an A. I mean, we were talking earlier about Darren Collison moving. If that was an option they wanted to go with, and maybe bring somebody else in with that cap space flexibility, so for me it's a B. And another guy too as well to add on to Collison that could possibly be traded at some point is Bogdanovich as well. We haven't mentioned him; he's kind of the forgotten guy there. But yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I you know I think Hawk made a good point that I I did not you know bring up when I was talking about my grade. I think that Thad Young keeping him for that like thirteen mil whatever it was mm-hmm. that's huge because really he's probably in this in this market if you get him a one year deal he's probably closer to a fifteen to sixteen million dollar guy. That's the difference between getting Kylo Quinn and not getting Kylo Quinn. Or, you know, even the difference between intriguing Tyreek Evans and making Tyreek Evans think twice about a contract. So I think that little amount of savings is enough to bump that up even a little bit further for the Pacers offseason grade. And the free and the the draft picks we have, I think we are very optimistic about that. Oh, yeah. So that goes into the grade for me yep. as well. Yep, and we'll uh, go ahead and get into that. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, but when we get back, we'll talk about those draft picks and uh, their summer league debut here today. They played against the Rockets, uh, so we'll talk about that when we get back. In 2018, the world is more connected than ever. Friends, online, sharing information with one another. It's the way of the now and the future. Let me tell you about something you need to download to your computer right now. Stop what you're doing. Everyone, I'll give you a second. And download AIM, AOL's instant messaging system that's going to make text message a thing of the past. Connect with your friends. Leave away messages. Start a profile page. Everything you need to talk to each other. Change your name anytime you want. Anything from Jayhawk55319 to Hawkness Monster. All these names and more on aiminstantmessagingonline.com. All right, so uh, kind of the other uh, big news of today, not really big news, but the Pacers played a, their first summer league game against the Houston Rockets summer league team. Big matchup there, guys. Uh, so they ended up actually losing 92-89, to 89, I believe. Um, I think at one point they were down by like 10, so they cut it close towards the end of the game. I didn't watch the game. I'm just a box score watcher in summer league. So uh, the two uh, big keys from the game were uh, the play of Aaron Holiday and Alex A. Johnson, they both had a very solid outing. And then the other fo- side of the coin was uh, T.J. Leaf, who had an absolutely dreadful performance. What was it, 2 of 14 from two the field? 2 of 14 from the field, and the 12 that he missed were not close. Very bad. I'm not going to let Chris off the hook. We re- just recorded a segment about this, and he <laughs> didn't have the computer plugged in. So if this is a shitty segment, it's all on Chris. We had a perfect segment a minute ago. But just to reiterate some things, Aaron, that Holiday, was Aaron Holiday played great. He had 23 points. He shot very well from three. He was fearless attacking the basket. These are things that we expected from him. Um, and then also we can't leave out uh, Alistair Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Butler Jr. had a good game, 15 points, very strong outing from him. He's kind of just that raw. He kind of throws his body around. Oh, He's not scared to attack. Dirty. I don't know how good of a shooter he is yet. But we'll, may hopefully that comes. He definitely has the build of what you would want, like for a three, and then he could play the four as well. Like, he's these the second round guys that get us in trouble. Hopefully, he's not the next Nyang. Obviously, yeah, we're gonna overhype him because he's a second round player, and we hope he works out. But but so is Draymond Green. I mean, you never know. So hopefully, this guy can down the road play some good minutes for us. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to overhype him, but we are going to compare him to. The most important player on the... To Jimmy Butler. The, the Warriors. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, TJ Leaf... The Timberwolves. No, the Warrior. I was talking about Draymond Green. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you already screwed up the segment enough. <laughs> just shut your mouth. TJ Leaf, once again, 2 for 14 from the field. He had two uncontested layups. One was a dunk. So, to me, he didn't even score. Just a terrible performance. 
I'm not going to hold it against him necessarily. It's one game. But we all expected a lot more from him. Plus 25 pounds. And then, you know, just and minus the, 25 effort. To the two something. possessions in a row, the 15-footer got bad. He has to sprint back on defense, and he completely whiffs on the block. So, yeah. double whammy there for TJ. But, as we have said, he did have 10 rebounds. I think the guys that you need to key on in this, just to check and see if they're playing well, Aaron Holiday definitely, Alizé Johnson, TJ Leaf, and then maybe Poitras. I think. Yeah. I don't think Poitras is a lost cause. He always plays hard, plays solid. Kind of see, his, I kind of want to see what. Game. I kind of want to see Sumner. Yeah, Sumner's like I do. Sumner. He I also didn't play well either. Yeah, he did he not play, play well, well, but those are like the five guys that I don't think any of these other guys will make an NBA roster ever. I mean, hopefully, I'm wrong. What about what Bryce Al- Alford? What did, yeah, what did Alford do? Uh, I always called him Steve. He was. He was actually. He was an efficient one for one from the field. Uh, he did hit. A, I believe it was an and one, actually. Um, and then he had a couple assists, and he was basically like that, that white kid at the YMCA that he knows he can't score, but he's trying to get everybody else involved. And so he's going to make the most out of that. And, this uh, is tri- your league tryout right now, basically, for right. Bryce Alford. Right. So, Speaking of that, did you see uh, Al Jefferson today told Pritchard he was going to go play overseas? I did not see that. Yeah, he, he actually did. He said he's going to go play in Europe. Because they did talk about bringing him back, and he said, I'm going overseas. Not, that probably better suits his game better. Definitely actually. better suits yeah, his game. Yeah. And he'll actually get playing time. Right. That's really going to hurt the market for Marshall Plumley, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, uh, no, um, I did watch the game. Um, I was very disappointed with TJ Leaf. I just didn't think it was there at all today. Um, it wasn't really for lack of effort as much as it was just a pathetic showing. Um, and, I, you know, I, I kind of expected it, honestly, because... Um, with the news of Kylo Quinn being signed, that pretty much takes uh, it takes Leaf out of the wind out of the sails. Yeah, like well, I mean, it pretty much just relegates him to a bench role, um, which is exactly how he played today. Um, I uh, obviously I've seen a lot out of Holiday. Uh, he was he did get into foul trouble. In fact, I believe he had like seven fouls or something crazy like that. Which is uh, yeah, you heard that number right, seven. Um, he, but he was a slasher. He was exactly what I thought he was going to be. Um, so I was pumped to see that. He's not going to shoot 9 for 15 from the field. Um, every game, obviously, he was 3 for 6 from the three-point line, so that would be a big plus. Um, but he's just making him, He's making the case to get playing time. Again, I know it's only one game. Let's see what he does on the big stage tomorrow, ESPN 2, I believe. Yep, they play at 3.30 yeah. on ESPN 2 tomorrow so, against the Spurs. So we'll have to see how that goes. But um, I do have a lot of faith in him. Another guy, like I said, I, I'm interested to see what Sumner can do. Um, I actually didn't think he looked too bad. He didn't shoot very well, but I think his length will give some people some trouble on the defensive end. And Alizé Johnson, man, he only played 16 minutes, but he got 11 shots up, 15-3-2. He's definitely going to be an interesting project. I'm not sure he's going to get a lot of playing time once the season starts, but it's fun to watch him right now. And then we got to talk about Aaron Holiday's last possession. I don't know if we did that in this segment or the unrecorded segment, but... He's coming down the court. We're down three, five seconds to go. He passes it to TJ Leaf. For God uh, mistake knows. number one. Mistake number one. And there's like a second left. So TJ Leaf's just shocked. He has the ball <laughs> in his hands. I think he throws it out to Poitras. Misses a three. Time had already expired. But I'm not going to hold that against him, like I said earlier. It's first game. He's got to learn clock awareness, management, stuff like that, especially for a point guard. I think he knows it. He played well at UCLA. He just it was just a... A minor misstep and uh, hopefully a great long career here with the Pacers. It's just a real shame that, you know, Ike and Abaku 
is not on this team. I would love to see. Uh, my God, can you imagine throwing out that lineup? We go undefeated. I don't even think TJ Leaf could screw up. I still expect them to win. I mean, they got a pretty solid team. Oh, they got a really and solid team. They lost. Well, it's easy to lose when you got like the white guy that won't stop shooting, and that's what we have today. I mean, well, I mean, what more? I mean, what more can you say? I mean, literally, TJ Leaf shot us out of the game. Like, who's is is Burke the coach? I think Burke is the coach, isn't he? No, the uh, Mad Ants coach is coaching him. Okay, well, he should be fired for having TJ Leaf on the floor in crunch time. Well, he's going to get a lot of playing time. Time in Fort Wayne if he keeps this up. So yeah, yeah I think it's I, one game though. We're not going to judge him too much. It's summer yeah. league. Yeah, I mean it's I, way yeah. lower level. I'm going to go ahead and judge the, the shit out of him because I don't like what I see. And he's going to come out tomorrow. And from where I was, I was shot. I was starting to convince myself TJ Leaf could be a good role player, and then this game I <laughs> caught him. You were like high this. on him a couple episodes <laughs> ago. I know it's just a flip of the coin with me. It's like guys, changing your taste. I mean, he played in a game in which. There, there were, there are no players on this Houston Rockets team that will even see any minutes whatsoever for their team. I did like Trevin Duvall. I thought he looked really good for the, the Rockets, but there, there, there were no big guys that should have given Leaf any problems whatsoever. And Leaf just seemed fine with going out to the three point line. Um, I just don't understand it. I just think he had a bad day. Hopefully tomorrow when we break down the film, he'll look a little better, but it was not good at all today. Yeah, so that's really enough about Summer League, to be honest (laughs) with you guys. Uh, Hopefully, like you said, he comes out tomorrow and plays better. We're not really expecting much, but he might come out tomorrow and not miss a shot. Breaking news, Aiton missed his first shot in Summer League play. Is he a bust? Definitely a bust. Definitely a bust, so... That brings us to the question. Now we'll kind of wrap it up here. So we talked about the moves the Pacers made today. We've talked about summer league. Uh, we got that out of the way. So back to uh, what we talked about at the beginning of the show: free agency. So we've made several moves here to start it off. Do you guys see us making any any other moves here this month, or do you think anything it could be is maybe just one more small signing and then we're done? So what do you think the Pacers are going to do to finish off uh, the offseason? Because the rotation is pretty much set at this point. I can't speak for Kevin Pritchard. I We are close friends, but I, I mean, I'm just kidding. But if I were him, I would definitely, if I believe in Holiday, I think the most logical move is to shop Collison, um, try to get an asset or two. I think he, I actually think he, you know what, I think he'd be a great fit. I think he would be a great fit on a team like Portland, they could use some depth, that, like a playoff team, that they need a good second unit, they need a good leader. Because I don't think Collison is a starting point guard for a real championship contender. Kind of like what Tony Parker just did. Yeah, I mean, he's... yeah. How he, weird is that? It is that, very weird. Strange. But if I, were, if I were running the Pacers, I'd be open to moving Collison, uh, slotting Evans slash Oladipo. It really doesn't matter, because in the NBA, they bring the ball up to court and do a bunch of crap with it anyway. So it's not like he's truly playing point guard... Um, I would look to do that. Um, that's going to open up playing time for a holiday, quite honestly, later in the year. Because even if you keep Collison, I mean, Holiday's not going to see the floor now. Because it's going to be Collison, Oladipo on one end. And it's going to be like uh, Kojo and Evans on the other. Like, where's the playing time for Holiday? So you kind of open up playing time for Holiday. Of course, there's going to be injuries, but... Um, I just I'm not as high on Collison as everybody else. I know he played well, but I would be looking to move Collison, uh, maybe get an asset or two down the road, cheaper assets, and then make a move 
on one of these restricted free agents. I still think Marcus Smart makes a lot of sense. He's not getting any love whatsoever. Maybe he signs a, you know, not a terrible deal. We could we could jump in and get him. I mean, I I, I think we still are one good player. By good player, I mean like a third or fourth tier in the NBA player away from really making some noise in the East. And the thing about Darren Collison that brought my hype for him down was definitely his playoff performance. He terrible. Just, just pooped the bed. I mean, it was a terrible show. It was George Hill-esque. <laughs> it really was. It really was that bad. I'm ashamed to say I had a George Hill jersey at one point. And yeah, I know he's been loved by well. Indiana, but, and I know he played some good seasons with us. But. Yeah, we need to uh, – I'll let you go here in a second, but one second we need to have our – Pacer jerseys we've bought over the years that turned out to be crap. I bought a Dante Moncrief last year. That tells you where my head's at. A little uh, technical difficulties there. I guess guest appearance by Siri. Anyways, go ahead. bad about my... This happened. Yeah, I'm the worst at buying a jersey, for real. You don't want me buying any jerseys. Name... Okay, so over the years, I've collected tons of Pacer jerseys, so name off the top of your head ones that you can remember. I bought a Paul George jersey two years ago. Everyone, I don't, I've never owned a Paul George Oh, I have. Jersey, I have actually. a Paul George 24. I got a Granger. Of course, I got Miller. I got Dale Davis, Rick Smith. Um, I have a Steven Jackson. Um, I I, my best one, though, Sarunas Yesikeviches. Ooh. I was I convinced. I was convinced. And he's going to be an NBA coach here soon, so I might have to get that bad boy signed. I almost bought a TJ Leaf jersey last year, which would have just continued the, the worst streak in history of jersey buying. But I bought an Andrew Luck jersey before he got injured. I bought a Moncrief jersey last year, like I said. George Hill. Uh, I had a Emeka Okafor Charlotte Bobcats jersey. I was high on him. So I'm, I'm never buying a jersey again. I'm, I'm officially out on jerseys. You had to have a Grey Hood in Portland Trailblazers. No, nope, I didn't. No? I had I had a one of my close coach. friends is a Portland fan, so I can't I can't support him. Yeah. yeah, well, we're not going to talk about him. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I've had probably every Jermaine O'Neal one you can think of. Oh, I never I had, had a Jermaine. I had Jermaine. I had Jeff Foster, obviously, uh, Jalen Rose, Reggie Miller, Jamal Tinsley. Did I say Jeff Foster? I said Jeff Foster. Uh, oh. David Harrison. That we one talked about great. that already. Yeah. Um, we might give that one away. Actually, let's we'll rank probably... our favorite Pacers jerseys top three. Right now. I'm going to have to go Flojo's, and then I'm going to have to go... The gold ones this year, I think, are awesome. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to go Hickory for three, but I think the old retro with the Pacers across the yeah. blue and gold... I see, I'm not a up. Hickory guy. You're not a Hickory guy? I was, like, the first year. Like, I was pumped, and now it's just like, oh, okay, guess we're not Guess we're not. They got. They looked a, lo- a lot more slick this year with the... Kind yeah. of like the I like the white ones. I think the white ones are really slick, yeah. the Hickory ones. I have, to, I have to make this comment, because Chris and I, we even before we could drive, we would get... Uh, Chris's mom would drive us to these autograph signings, and I'll never forget he had on a he had on a Jeff Foster jersey that was faded, like the numbers were faded, and like we were so pumped to be getting Jeff Foster because Jeff story. Foster never would sign before games. Like we'd be down there begging these dudes, which I'm sure our autographs will pop up, you know, in our free you know giveaways or whatever. But um, so he gets down there, and I'll never forget Jeff Foster looked at Chris's jersey, and he was like, "That's a really cool looking jersey." And Chris's eyes got, like, huge. No, he was making fun of it because it had been washed and dried so much. So, <laughs> I know, but Chris's eyes were, like, huge. No, like, oh, my. Fun of me. That's what I'm saying. He, like, he, he was, like, his eyes were, like, huge. Like, oh, crap, you know. I'm not quite as cool as I thought I was. But, yeah, it was a great story. Top three jerseys for you, Chris. What are they? Uh, Flojo's, obviously, I love those. Pinstripes. Yeah. I love the pinstripes. The pinstripes are good. Uh, Gold or white? I'm blue. I like the blue ones. I, I'd probably go with 
I, I've always been a fan of the gold. So Blue, gold, the, white. I do like me. the white. I mean, I liked all of them. But, yeah. I um, think as far as the all-around, I don't think we have necessarily a bad jersey. Hmm. And I think, I don't know. What, my, my number one, definitely pinstripe. I love the pinstripe. Again, that was that was. I think I had like four different jerseys when they were yeah. pinched. I do like our new city ones as well. Yeah, yeah. I think those are. And there's strong. a new one coming out this year, right? Yes. I think they come out with a new one every Nike year. Nike has yeah. an agreement to have a new one. So I, I, awesome. I would go pinstripe Flojo, and then probably. I yeah, this is where it gets tough. You want to say Hickory, but you already I, know you could. I no, I'm not. I, I wouldn't like, say Hickory. I, I can't even think of them. I, they might have been the old ABA one. Yeah, the the little swoosh thing that came around it. Yeah, yeah. It's the one that Chuck Pearson it's like, was wearing in the bobblehead. Yeah, this is great. Actually, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was eighties. That, that, that was the one I liked. The, the blue one with the gold across. Right. I still think the pinstripes. Man, I love those jerseys, man. I think the worst ones were. The David Westbrook Hibbert team. So yeah, I hate. I those never like those, those jerseys. Were, those were oh, ones. Yeah. yeah, they they were just so plain. Like it was yeah, like those were boring. But yeah, that's I think, been Jersey talk here. Yeah, we were going to use that for a segment. You know, at another point, we went we, from talking about what the Pacers will end up doing to talking about Jersey talk. That's July podcasting for you. You don't know what you're going to get here. Yeah, and we got the new equipment. We're just trying to work it out a little yeah. bit. Test, test. Favorite jersey across the league other than Pacers, though. Oh. I like those jazz ones they busted out. Those, like, the kind of faded mountain ones. I think those are cool. The red ones they have are ugly. The jazz. Yeah, there's, like, two different colors. they're, like, orange or red. Yeah, Yeah. those are ugly. I like the... I think my favorite one is, are the old school like jazz, where it literally was like that purple. The the Denver ones with the city. See, I I didn't like I didn't like Denver. I didn't like Denver. And I also there's something about I don't know why, but I love the old school like Charlotte Bobcats. I know they don't wear wear those anymore. Yeah, but because one of my favorite players of all time donned that jersey for a few years. Uh, I know I'm getting ready to get made fun of by Chris. I can he see him waiting. Uh, Adam, Adam, Adam Morrison. <laughs> I once begged Adam Morrison for his autograph, and he pwned me. I'm sure Chris is getting ready to say this story. Oh, it's not even worth it. I mean, <laughs> why why would we waste time talking about Adam Morrison? I mean, but the funniest part of that story isn't the fact that he told him no. I mean, he did sign for him, but he signed like four autographs. The, the best part of that wasn't the fact that he got mad at you. It's the fact that you were dying to get Adam Morrison. <laughs> yeah, I was dying, dude. He had just he had just been like the number three overall pick. Larry Legend comparisons. You know how many Larry Legend comparisons have we seen? Why every I shoot? I mean, <laughs> we got Doug McBuckets, we got Adam Morrison. Who else is a Bryce Alford? Maybe who knows? <laughs> anybody? If you're white, you, you can shoot. Allen. You can't shut the door on if any you're of these white, guys. You can shoot. Your comparison is uh, is Larry Bird. Larry Bird, Bird. Yeah. Pistol Pete. It might be. Uh, I think we, we made a full podcast episode. Yeah, we this should was... probably stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to close this out. Uh, one of the things coming next week, we're not going to tell you what it is because if it falls through, I mean, we're going to look like idiots, as I mentioned before. But we are interviewing a former Pacers player. and we've All-star. Been around... <laughs> yeah. he, is a, he was an all-star. Sorts. We have been around for three and a half weeks, yep. almost four, and we've already got a former Pacer player, so... If you can guess that Pacer player, please send it to us. We'll give you a prize. We we'll don't know it. what it is, but we'll we give you a prize. We don't know the prize, but maybe we'll have you call in. You can talk about whatever you want. Maybe we'll give you something that we have. Former All-Star. The That's prize the will key. be worth it. So. Yeah, you. Hey, we'll let you on that podcast ask a question if you guess oh. it. Oh. Any question. Any, Any question, question you want. Maybe yes. even two. Whom I don't want to put a cap on it. If you guess this player, I'll be very, very shocked. I would be very shocked if you guessed who this player was. 
Yeah. I think we leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. This was episode 4.5, so a continuation of the Victor Oladipo episode. So, uh, official episode 5, like I said, is coming next week. And we have something scheduled. We just hope it doesn't fall through. That's why we haven't told you guys yet. So, uh, we will go ahead and uh, sign out for, for this episode. But look for us next week for episode 5. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, at BornReadyToPod. The two is a... Numeral. Number. Number two. So, thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you again next week. one more thing. Oh, no. no. Kylo Quinn, his nickname's KO, so that's pretty strong. See you guys later. All right. Love you guys. It's been so long. So long since I see your face, since I heard your voice. So long since I touched, it ain't like I had much of a choice. It's been a little minute, it's been a little minute since I found this way, this way. Girl, what took you so long? You come around right now, acting like you know you're still the one right now. You got the juice, I tell you the truth, I still love you. And how'd you know that I will hold you down right now? How'd you know that I will settle down right now? How'd you know that I will still love you? It took four years, three months, two weeks, and a Sunday for you to love me Monday. All it took was one day for me to love you. Four years, three months, two weeks, and a Sunday for you to love me Monday. All it took was one day